Hello podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of Living Well with Kathleen Saunders, your weekly podcast where we discuss the financial, physical, spiritual, and social well-being of everyday people like you and me. The information shared in this show is for general information purposes only and should not be used to make any personal changes to your lifestyle or health without consulting the appropriate financial, medical, or healthcare professionals. My guest today is Basil Williams. Basil is a photographer based in Vancouver, British Columbia. He specializes in fine art for the home or business. Basil strives to create art that has emotional meaning and loves working with film whenever possible. He also enjoys breathing photographic life into a client's vision. Hello, Basil, and thank you for being my guest today. Okay, thank you for having me. No problem. You know, Basil, they say a picture tells a story, and I'm looking forward to hearing you share as to what drew you to get behind the lens of a camera and into the world of photography. So share with us. What was it that pulled you in, uh, drew you into the world of taking pictures? Well, it took quite a while. It was a few years. I do remember um, being very young. This is a bit hazy, but mm-hmm. I do remember seeing a picture of a camera and um, it had lots of buttons on it. Like I must have been, you know, just like four or five. And okay. I thought that was great. And I like pressing buttons, mm-hmm. still like pressing buttons. Uh, I got a little bit older and into high school, and uh, my art teacher suggested that I, you know, try my hand at photography. She felt that I would really enjoy it, and um, I picked it up, and she was right. I loved it. (laughs) What was it exactly about the camera that you loved? What drew, what was it? Um, Well, it is... uh, there's there's a technical uh scientific aspect to it but there was also the artistic side so Mm -hmm. one thing that my teacher noticed a lot when i was uh, doing my art projects is that i was very detailed oriented Mm -hmm. um like i would think a lot about how things should be proportioned how things should be placed together how what type of uh feeling it's going to give the viewer i talk about those type of things a lot um but one thing that always made me take a long time to finish was trying to make everything uh, very detailed. Okay. Uh, so that detailed, she felt that if I cared about creating an image, um, the camera, because of its nature, would take care of those details and I could just focus on more of the emotional and those type of aspect of All image. Right, right, right. I see, I see. So they do say picture is art. So I guess that's what your your teachers saw in you. And as you said, you were so detailed. So what sort of things is it that you look at? Um, I guess the first thing is, um, do I think this is going to to mean something? Is it... uh, it also depends on what type of photograph that I'm taking. Okay. Right? So we'll just talk about uh, just something simple that I did the other day. I took it with my my smartphone. So uh, I also work as a, a teacher, and uh, my one of the colleagues, his daughter's first day of school was this uh, this September, and I remembered 
that as I saw them come out of the the vehicle into the uh, into the school. So they were walking down the the pathway. So all I had was my smartphone on me. So I just quickly uh, got my smartphone out, opened the app, and composed a picture for them to walk into, and took that picture and I emailed it to my colleague a little later. And they were very grateful. So uh, that is kind of what I'm looking for. It's something that's going to speak to the viewer, Um, whether Mm -hmm. it's a picture of a person like that, or if it's uh, at this point in time, I'm heavily focused on uh, nature and fine art photography. When they view it, will they see the the beauty of nature? Will Mm -hmm. they feel a certain way when they view it? And I'm looking for those type of situations where I I hope uh, that the viewer will will feel something. Mm-hmm. That's that's the strongest thing is I, I'm looking for things that will have an emotional impact in some way. Okay, I see. So you said you do when you take pictures, you think about is it going to mean something? So are you trying to portray like a story or something that you, as you mentioned, the viewer, that you want the the viewer to capture when you take this picture? And uh, what about, is there situations where I'm sure a viewer might not necessarily see the same thing that you see by taking that picture? True or false? That is true. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's more true of uh, something in, again, uh, a more fine art type of picture. Everybody's going to interpret something right. a little differently. Um, for, so, for example, with my colleague coming in with the with their daughter, that that's going to be interpreted very obviously. This mm. is a you know a first day of school yeah. type picture. Um, it's hard to get that wrong. I'm giving it to that person. They know what they're doing, but that's not something that would be you know shared publicly or whatever because it's not going to mean as the same thing to somebody out so one thing is kind of maybe universal type symbols Mm -hmm. um or things that universally touch people so it could even be a sunrise um in a certain like and certain colors certain colors may feel warm certain colors will give a sense of coolness some uh, feel more comforting or enveloping so you're trying to draw on on more uh, things that will be interpreted a certain way, but you don't really have control over how things are interpreted. And that's why I said hope, because you do what you can, Mm -hmm. but it's ultimately how they connect with it. And that's outside of your control. Definitely. That's true. That's true. So from your point of view, um, for you personally, what makes good a good picture? Okay. Well, I'm going to quote one of my mentors. Okay. And um, he said uh, that there's three things that go into a great photograph. Technical proficiency, uh, a strong narrative, and uh, something unexpected. Hmm. So the the technique i'll just go back to the same thing well the reason i set up the app and got into position ahead of time is that i wanted to compose it correctly um i a lot of times i'll use the rule of thirds and i set it up in such a way that they were walking into the frame and the other part of the frame was the school itself and i just waited for them to step into that position so that would be sort of the technical aspect Uh, there's more 
things that you could worry about as well but you know those are those type of things so the composition of it that it makes sense if mm. somebody viewed it it's clear that they are walking into a school mm -hmm. and that's also the narrative aspect so the technical and the narrative can play together to work with each other um the unexpected i guess that doesn't really have that much of an unexpected aspect to it but if you could find something that was unexpected and incorporate it as well into something it would also um, make the the photograph stand out uh the same mentor when i was talking with him he said that a good photograph will have uh, should have at least two of those elements right. so it's sort of rare that you'll get all three Hmm. Uh, but you should have uh, a good photograph should be technical technical or and have a good narrative but you when we look at a lot of photo photojournalistic work you know because they have to react so quickly sometimes it's not perfectly technical but what's happening is unexpected and has an extremely strong narrative right, yes, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um <clears throat> And uh, if they are able to get everything right, maybe they'll nail all three. But, you know, some of the best photographs uh, in the world aren't technically perfect. Mm, right. Right, right. Awesome. You know, um, was that the three points? The technical, unexpected, and was it? And the narrative. And the narrative. Okay, yeah. awesome. So I have a question. Is it because maybe that you are into photography because... You talked about, you know, the technical as in setting up and making sure that you had a good picture. Like, I mean, if that was me, I would have been just looking to do point and shoot, get the camera, the, the smartphone pointed at them and just to snap that picture. Whereas you talked about, you know, making sure that that it was captured, that they were this was the first day and that they were going into a school. Is this because you've got years of practice? at doing this while you were able to just make all of that happen just right away? Because I would have had to stop and think, okay, I've got to make sure that they're positioned this way, that way. Yeah, I <laughs> I would say it, it probably is mm -hmm. years of practice because mm -hmm. it was very automatic. Yeah. But there's also a natural aspect that mm -hmm. starts to come out. So mm -hmm. um, going back to my high school art teacher, if I was to have drawn somebody coming into a school a certain way, I would have probably drawn it that way. Okay. So I'm I have an idea of what I want it to look like before I actually go over there. I see. Right. So I know that they're walking down this path and they gotta turn around this path to get into the school. So it's like, okay, well, if I wanted to draw this, I would probably have drawn it from this angle, having them standing here and they're getting there quickly. So I'll just get over there quickly and 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 that's it. The other thing is practice, right? So you've you've done it certain thing many times and you've done it wrong many times. Mm. That's the other thing, right? Mm -hmm. So you've done it wrong and you, you look at it and you think, well, what's wrong with mm -hmm. this? And then through that reflective um, kind of process, you say, okay, well, it, I think it makes more sense if I put this here or if I put this here next time. Mm. And um, one thing... Uh, is just really just taking pictures of random stuff before it's important. Mm -hmm. I know <laughs> I've pictures. taken so many pictures that mm -hmm. are, I would say, meaningless um, because mm -hmm. that practice helps you be ready when something meaningful happens. I hear you. I hear you. So with that said, what is your preferred type of pictures? What sort of settings do you like to take and why? 
All right. Well, I'll go to the the fine art and the mm-hmm. and the the nature at the moment. Um, I'm I'm very excited about it. Um, so it speaks to me. Um, I so I've I'm recently married and I've moved to Vancouver and I find the coast beautiful. So it inspires me. Uh, and that's what really draws me to it as strongly as I do. I also ran into um, a younger photographer. He's younger than me. I think that he's quite talented. He's now studying in, in San Francisco at one of the art uh, institutes. Okay. And he's a landscape photographer. And we took some photographs. And I think he just uh, shared his love of landscape and nature with me. And And being on the coast now, it's just... I'm drawn to it very strongly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that translates, or again, I hope <laughs> that will translate very strongly to mm-hmm. the, the viewers. Awesome. So when you're out and about on a daily basis, um, are you always looking for something? Can you turn yourself off? Or are you always looking for that perfect picture? Um, I think that I can turn myself mm-hmm. off. Uh, and although that would have been much harder at the beginning mm-hmm. um so i i guess i'm showing my age <laughs> so i bought my camera when i was about 19 and i'm almost 40 now okay. so at the beginning definitely you know i was always very excited always ready and nowadays um i'm okay actually letting things go by Mm -hmm. and just enjoying them so there is there is that uh, there's that turning off but there's also the fact that I do recognize things Mm -hmm. like there are times when I'll just be walking and it's like just something clicks in my head my mind and I'm like you should stop and you should photograph that right or you (laughs) might see something that's oh that would make a perfect picture right yeah Mm -hmm. so that will happen Mm -hmm. or sometimes I'll even and say I'll come back to this when the light's right or I'll come back okay. to this in, in the um, in the late afternoon and I'll just keep walking and I'll just enjoy myself outside so it's a little different and maybe that's also because I've taken so many photographs that um, especially outdoors mm-hmm. there's you are going to have to work with whatever the environment gives you mm-hmm. so if the environment's not right yet you might as well just enjoy yourself um, until things come together. I hear you. Uh, so, yeah, okay. there's. I'd like to think I turn myself off, but I, I, I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were talking about dating yourself. So I have a question for you. You know, now that uh, most people have smartphones and um, are there any ad- advantages in having a camera? Do we still need cameras now? What do you think? Oh, that's a very deep question. Mm. Um, because, hmm, um, I don't like giving yes and no <laughs> questions because there's a part of me that's like, yes, there's some things that I'm doing that uh, that would be impossible for me to do on a smartphone. Okay. But I would say that when, in terms of uh, <clears throat> photography because photography is such a big thing so for record keeping or getting even just a nice picture to put on instagram and even sometimes even print 
you usually can get a decent photo out of your smartphone if you stay within its limitations, which are getting larger and larger all the time. Hmm. Uh, I am going to say, I'm going to say no. Okay. And I feel weird saying no because I think that um, I have a lot of different cameras after all this time in different formats. Um, I have crop sensor cameras. I have full frame cameras. I, I have medium fa- format cameras. And um, they all serve a different purpose. And they all have their strengths and limitations. And <clears throat> unless I need something that that camera is going to provide, I'm not actually even going to go bother to get to mm-hmm. get it. And it takes a little while before um, you you recognize where a certain camera is going to be useful. So a lot of times my cell phones is fine enough is okay. is fine. If I had my SLR with me, I'd probably use it. But um, again, I don't carry it all the time unless I'm planning to use it right. or, or um, I can leave it in my trunk. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but yeah, because it's relatively heavy. I'm I'm not going to carry it everywhere. I, you. I agree. You know, I found when I had, because I started off with a DSL myself, and um, I felt it was like a child that you had to carry around everywhere and basically babysit. You couldn't just leave it. You had to make sure. I mean, after you spent so much money, that was a big uh, responsibility that you always had to make sure that uh, it was with you or you knew where it was at all times and you you know, it wasn't something that you were wanting to leave behind. I felt that was a bit of a burden to me with the having the the, the, the actual camera. How did you? What do you think about that? Um, I, I that just reminds me of a, a particular quote that the best camera is the camera you have on you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and since we all have phones, we we typically have cameras on us, and yeah. unless you need. Or maybe even want something mm-hmm. specific that a particular camera is going to give you, mm-hmm. then you probably don't need it at the moment. True, I agree. Um, so, and it's hard to to recognize that. I guess I, I am a bit of in a privileged position that to have used so many cameras to be that familiar with it. But to be honest, um, especially when I'm practicing or just fooling around or right. trying out things, I'll try them out on my phone all the time. Okay. <laughs> You know, you mentioned, um, you know, that there might be some pictures that are impossible to capture on your smartphone. What sort? Give an example of what sort of things might be difficult to do on the smartphone where you would revert back to your camera. Okay. Um, well, one one has to do with um, certain control of depth of field would be very difficult. Uh, so any type of shallow type of portrait would be hard. Um, there are portrait modes that phones have nowadays that right. are getting really good at mm-hmm. um, simulating that look, but to get a very smooth look that if you were to print um, on a piece of paper that rather than view on your c- cell phone mm-hmm. w- would need that. Um, there are other situations where, uh, for example, um, if you were taking a picture of a, a, a running water and you wanted that billowy look, 
you're not going to be able to, I shouldn't say not, but it would be very, very difficult to do it on a phone. Mm. You might be able to, you know, find some way to, to force it to happen, but Mm -hmm. it would be hard. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other aspect of um, being able to crop in and, and the ultimate uh, detail output is going to be significantly higher with any type of um, modern dedicated camera mm-hmm. uh, than the cell phone. It, it, it is compromised. That's the easiest way to say it. Um, so anything that I'm planning to uh, maybe share or could be printed in a very large format is going to need uh, that type of thing. But mm-hmm. if it's just for me or it's just for me to keep a record of, Usually, uh, the and the other part I should say has to do with lenses. So, um, the smartphones are usually a wide um, angle or like a wide lens, mm-hmm. and uh, most SLRs have zoom lenses. Or even if you don't have a zoom and you have a standard, you can go from wide to some type of tele uh, photo, and those focal lengths have different looks associated with them. And so you can't mimic that. You are kind of locked into this one wide look. Um, but then cell phones do have uh, other lenses on them. So, you know, it's it's it just goes back and forth. And it's really eating into the, um, the SLR market in, right now mm, because there's so much that the cell phone can do for you mm-hmm. that... Unless you're, again, as I said, unless you're going to print it or you're going to um, blow it up or you're going to do certain things with it after, uh, it's, you're usually fine. Okay, okay. You know, you mentioned quickly just to ask, how many, you talked about having lots of cameras. How many cameras actually do you own? Oh, man. <laughs> don't know off of the top of my head. That many. Head. It was yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but I, I I started in the in the film days. So okay. especially when we started to go into digital, then I was able to get lots of dig- film cameras that I always wanted. That uh, that mm-hmm. now they're really cheap. Um, so currently, dig- currently oh, would sorry. you sorry? With currently, would you say you've got more than five cameras? As, oh as yeah, a, definitely. Really? Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. Well, <laughs> but I also get emotionally attached to things. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a basil nowadays. People take so many pictures. How do you store your pictures? Um, I, I do use a. The ones that are when so, I'll, I'll back it up. So mm-hmm. typically, if I'm shooting um, <sighs> digitally. Because I'll shoot film and digital still. And when I am shooting digitally, there'll be a fair amount of raw files that I have. I usually keep those in two separate places on two drives. So I mirror the drives in case one fails. Then I have one as a backup. And I keep the processed images um, on in the cloud. So once I've selected the ones that I want, I will keep those ones in the cloud. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So uh, what are some of the basic requirements for someone, you know, getting in, getting uh, started in photography, someone new to this? Okay. Uh, I think the first thing that I always tell people is that the camera sees the world differently than mm, you do. True. Um, and this is also where using a cell phone in its pro mode or if you have an SLR, um, getting a, acquainted with its images and examining, of course, well, you can see what's on the back, is that your eyes can pick up more information than the camera can. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that your brain interprets the image, whereas there's some software in the camera that does that, but it does it in different ways. So it's going to view an image a little different, mm -hmm. well, not a little, quite differently mm -hmm. than you do. And even what lens or focal length that you're using is going to make a huge difference in in where you're going to stand, how it's going to feel, um, it, the relationship between things. Um, like if it looks far or it looks close, you can make things look closer depending or farther away depending on what lens you use. So getting accustomed to the fact that it views things differently mm -hmm. is probably the, in my opinion, the first step to really mastering uh, the photography in general. Okay, I see. What sort of cam camera would you suggest to someone starting out? Okay, well, other than the cell phone, <laughs> if you're going to go and buy one, because you know what? I, everybody wants to get a camera. And, and honestly, if I was in that place, uh, my. I didn't really start until I had an SLR. Mm -hmm. I would say you would want to get a camera. I would avoid any entry-level cameras. Um, I find that they they kind of limit the the user once they actually begin to get a handle mm -hmm. of photography. I would actually go for one that just has the the basic exposure modes and not too many. Um, of those uh, picture modes like portrait mode or mm -hmm. landscape mode or any of the other ones. And so if it's got, you know, if you can put it in manual shutter priority, aperture priority and program, and you, I would go with one of those. Okay. And, awesome. and it could be anything it could be. And you know what? I probably would move a little way, bit away from DSLRs today and go with a mirrorless camera and the reason why i would go with a mirrorless camera is that it does give the viewer a preview of the image mm -hmm. the same way looking at the back of a cell phone does right so you know how i said that the camera is going to view things differently than you do yeah well in a mirrorless camera it's going to show you how it's viewing it so you mm -hmm. can immediately get accustomed to okay. the, what the camera is seeing versus mm -hmm. what you are seeing right away okay true true you know you mentioned you know um you often hear things like you mentioned just now the basic exposure mo modes talk a little bit about the aperture and some of the other uh, mo modes but can you tell us in layman terms please <laughs> okay okay uh, so there's 
in terms of a properly exposed image, yeah, there are kind of three main things. I always have to think about this a little bit because, like, my brain goes back to film days. There's three main things. There's the sensitivity or the ISO. There's the shutter speed, um, how long uh, there's curtains, how long it's actually exposed for. And then there's the aperture, which is a little bit of it's like an iris and it opens and closes on the lens. And Mm -hmm. it either lets in more light or it closes and lets in less light. And the balance between those three um, will give you the correct image or a correctly um, exposed image. So uh, each one of those modes will control those factors differently. So if you're in manual, you're going to control the shutter and the lens opening completely or the aperture. If you're in shutter, you're going to sh- you're going to control how quickly it's open and closes and you're going to let the camera control um, the size of the opening. The the aperture you control the size of the opening and you let the camera choose the shutter speed and in program mode you let the camera choose both Mm. um the aperture you if you set that to auto then you can let the camera decide what it thinks is best for your sensitivity depending on your settings or you could pick it yourself so um and that's what those three things it might sound really complicated but once you get accustomed to it and the fact that you can actually ask the camera to do it for Mm. you and then when you turn it into a mode, you say, okay, I want to control this one on my own. And that's why I feel it's a little bit better to learn that way. Right. Because you'll find out what happens when you control one. And if you decide, oh, I'm going to let the camera control it, you just put it in program mode and you're done. <laughs> uh, so you d- <clears throat> And then you'll get more – you're you're a part of the process mm-hmm. even though you can – and you're a part of the process, but you can hand off things when you're ready or you want to the camera by just changing the mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how well I explained that. I no, should that probably say good, a man. little bit more. So this is my brother's also into photography mm-hmm. and he grasped the idea of exposure quicker than I did. So I'm going to give you his his example. He okay. said, you can think of ISO or sense um, or ISO or sensitivity like filling a cup. Your ISO is how much water you need. The aperture is how fast you can pour it in. And your shutter speed is how long you pour it Mm. in for. Mm. And you're trying to get it to a certain level. So if it's too small, you're going to have to pour it in longer. If it's really big, then you're going to have to pour for a shorter period of time. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, that's easy to uh, grasp. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, so when would you be changing the aperture? So you've got a dark image. Okay. So we've got a, you're taking a a portrait picture, the Mm -hmm. background. I'm going to tell you this scenario because I also want you to say to my listeners, because people tend to take this picture or, um, they're in a position and this picture has always been taken and it's wrong. We tend to, uh, let me just backtrack. So you're going to take the, I'm going to give you the image and then you'll correct this with me. Tell me how you'll do the aperture, set the aperture and the ISO, the sensitivity and the shutter speed. So we have the image of someone sitting on a couch and there's a window behind them. Oh, mm-hmm. 
that gets into a whole different thing. Okay. So now we're going to have to talk about how the camera meters. Okay. So there's a lot of situations that can fool the camera. So what's going to happen is it's going to see the window behind and think that it's very bright, but inside the room, it's actually relatively dark in comparison to outside. Mm -hmm. So what usually happens is the camera is actually exposing for outside rather than inside. I see. Okay. So there's a few ways you can take care of that. Um, one, you know, many cameras uh, will have an exposure lock. Mm -hmm. You could actually just point the camera slightly down, and we'll do this a lot of times, so point it down and actually hit the exposure lock and then pull it back up and mm -hmm. take the picture okay. uh, so that it's only exposing outside of the light. Um, you can also change the, where it's pointed at. Mm -hmm. So if I was doing it on my phone, I would either use the exposure compensation and actually just pull it up um, so that it gets brighter until well, I can see it. <laughs> mm -hmm. You could do the same thing with a mirrorless camera. The other, the other thing is that if it's in pro mode, you can actually put a spot meter on and point that meter at the person or point it around in the frame, in the, um, in the picture until it's, you can see them and they're not too dark. Okay. And then the final thing you could do is take the picture in raw and then lighten it up later <laughs> in something like Lightroom or Photoshop. But if it's too dark, then there's nothing you can do. So mm. you're going to want to compensate any way you you um, you take it. Sometimes it'll just fall completely out of the range of the camera. You know, Basil, I thought you were going to say, just tell the person to move. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a good idea. And that probably goes into uh, another suggestion. If you can fix it ahead of time, mm -hmm. just fix it. Fix it um, sometimes... I'm very accustomed to taking candid photos. Mm -hmm. So many times uh, there's not the opportunity to, to ask them Person to move. To move they're, they're sitting where they're sitting. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you are completely right. The best thing, window light is actually very nice for photos. and uh, But it, you would want them not to be backlit from the window mm -hmm. unless of course that is what you want to do <laughs> otherwise it's much easier on the camera to figure everything out if the window is um, falling from behind them so tell me i hear you so tell me something that uh, as a as a beginner photographer that we should learn or even anyone just taking even on a picture on their smartphone the light needs to be in front or behind, which is correct. Ooh, ideally behind you. Okay. And I'm going to say ideally because there's always exceptions to everything. Mm -hmm. You want the light to be from behind you, but you also want it to be indirect. So you don't want it to be harsh. Like if you have the sun right behind you and it's shining straight into their face it's going to really be you know hard on them mm -hmm. but then again if you flip them completely around and the sun's behind them then they're going to be silhouetted so you you want soft light so cloudy days are typically um the best or some type of shaded area where the light from the sky is coming in at the person but they're not directly in the sunlight themselves. 
Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So if you think of, uh, um, like, say you had an opening uh, in a, a like uh, a covering of a, tr- a tree or whatever or something like that, if they were at in the shadow, but the light from the sky was coming in there, so they're, the sun's not hitting them directly, but the light from the sky is hitting them, then that would be ideal. Okay. And if you can do the same thing indoors, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, awesome. You know, among the, I know you've mentioned that you've got quite a bit of equipment. So among the equipment that you do own, is there anything that you wish that you didn't buy? And why would that be? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to say no. No. Even though a lot of things sit there. Each thing that I I've, I feel that I've got, I feel I learned something from. Mm-hmm. And so I can't say that I wish, mm-hmm. but I, 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 it would be a lie to say that it was all useful. Okay. Like there's a bit of it that, um, and that's why I wouldn't stop somebody, again, from buying something that they really like, even if it's overkill to learn photography, as long as it's within their budget, because um, you're going to learn something from it. Uh, right even if you end up selling that and getting something different, it's a step along the journey. So there's no real regrets, but yeah, there's definitely things that I didn't need. Well, but that's good. I that was you excited don't have at any... the time. <laughs> that's definitely good that you don't have any um, um, buying regrets. Absolutely. Because a lot of people have buying a drawer full of buying mistakes. And if you are happy with everything that you have, then that's an awesome thing. You may not necessarily use them all, but you, are happy with them so that's awesome yeah no not probably regret but i i take a while before i buy stuff so that's probably it too like i agonize a lot about it and and then i'm like okay i'm, I'm gonna do it and, and yeah so <laughs> but um i think if you can stay within your your budget then mm-hmm. it kind of it reduces that feeling of regret i bet that's just kind of like it's gone mm-hmm. I had fun with it. It's Mm -hmm. time to move on now. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Yeah. So you mentioned that um, you have a career besides uh, photography. If uh, you could do photography for full time. um, Sorry, I should rephrase that. Would you like to do photography full time or do you enjoy it just as a hobby? Um, I would say that. I would love to do photography full time. It's Mm -hmm. very attached Mm -hmm. to, I think, um, an aspect of myself. It always goes back to the, that high school class in Mm. art. And, um, I, one thing that I really enjoyed was when I finished something, I had something physical, Mm -hmm. um, to either give my teacher or sometimes I give my art to my parents <laughs> or whatever, but it was, it was something like that you could hold on to at the Definitely. end of the day. Yeah. And although I do enjoy um, teaching the students, I, I don't get that same feeling of having something tangible at the mm. end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so that real, that feeling is quite addicting to me and mm. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Okay. 
so you know moving on what do you find uh, rewarding about taking pictures then you love it, it is that tangible thing mm, yeah. but it's also when i do take a photograph and somebody does have an emotional reaction mm, to okay, it okay yeah. when somebody feels something even even taking that smartphone picture of my colleague with them and their daughter on their first day the fact that they were excited about it made me feel good. So it's like their I, reaction to your picture. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. That's true. That's true. You know, um, what would you say, in your opinion, is the most important thing to consider while shooting portraits? And you took the that wasn't considered a portrait that you took of the father and daughter, right? That's no. Yeah. But when taking portraits, what's something that you consider um, while shooting to be important? I'm going to say two things mm -hmm. um, is preparation. Okay. You want to be ready. Yeah. Um, and the other aspect is rapport. Mm. So um, you want to get all that technical type of stuff out of the way before those, the person's going to show up. Mm -hmm. So you, even if I'm going to do something new, um, I'll practice it on anything. I, I've even photographed, you know, basketballs in the place of where the person's head is going to be for a, you know, <laughs> a, a, a headshot mm -hmm. just ahead of time, just mm -hmm. to make sure what I'm thinking is actually what's going to happen because you don't want them to show up and you're fooling around with equipment. Right. So you want to be ready for them. And then the last thing is just rapport because you are snapping a, a moment in time right. and you want it to be the most flattering moment in time. And generally speaking, we are at our best when we are our most comfortable. So when they feel comfortable in front of you, they feel happy, that's going to get projected in their mannerisms, in their facial structure, all those different things. So yeah. um, that rapport is 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 very important and you don't want um things to get in the way of that <clears throat> that's true that's so very true yeah and um once you've taken the picture um you can't cannot ne you cannot capture that moment again really it's difficult mm -mm. yeah once that yeah, yeah. Mm. unless they're a really professional <laughs> model type they can mm -hmm. kind of just turn it on and turn it off which even then um, you can still help them by being prepared, mm -hmm. but you're completely right. Like you are that, that narrative, whatever it is, why you're, you're taking that picture or they're letting you take that picture. You want it to match that narrative and it's, and uh, you're going to have to build a rapport with that person mm -hmm. to be able to, to do that. Make them feel comfortable and relaxed around you and be able to give you the poses that you're asking them to be in, whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's great. You know, while listening to you just now, a, a, a memory came back to me. Um, I'm not sure if you've had any of those these experiences, um, but I had a girlfriend who got married and the photographer was clicking away, clicking away, only to discover when he went back that there was no film in the camera now this is dating this is going actually yeah. it's not it, i think it was about 2009 or 2000 somewhere around there when that actually happened ha i'm not saying that you've had any such experience but have you had any disasters in taking pictures 
Uh, fortunately, not with people. Okay, that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, but there's definitely, um, I'd say, yes. Hmm. Um, it, it, there's always that possibility, especially when shooting film, because you're not getting that instant feedback. Right. That um, um, there is, I'll, I'll say, I'll share one. Like hmm. I had. Um, so a lot of one thing I like to do is I like to re-rate my film. Uh, so I'll change, I'll actually shoot it at a different sensitivity than it's rated for, and I won't get into all the why you might want to do that or okay. not. But it's something I like to do from time to time. So I had done that previously on a, a previous role, and I forgot to actually change the setting back to read the correct um, speed off of the next role I put in there. And oh. so the complete the next role that I completely shot was messed up for that mm-hmm. reason. So there's all sorts of little things that you just, yeah, yeah. technical errors, you know, just yeah. kind of <laughs> wow. things like that happen. Um, but <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, I I'll be honest. If it's really serious and I'm doing something for somebody else, I'm going to double, triple, quadruple mm-hmm. check certain things, especially if I'm shooting film because. Mm-hmm. There's again, you can't get back that moment. Yeah, and I'm not going to hate on that photographer because uh, I'm not a wedding photographer, mm-hmm. but they are extremely busy and mm-hmm. extremely stressed. When I'm out in nature, I'm really doing things at my own pace. Right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it it's it's very sad when it happens, yeah. but um, it's just again, it it's what makes photography difficult. Mm-hmm. It's being prepared, and yes. it's hard to be prepared for everything all the time and being always on that's so true you know you you know after speaking with you today it really helps me to have a an appreciation for photography because there's so much that goes into it to me it was just pick up the camera point and shoot but then there's the whole aperture the sensitivity you know some of the um some of the other things that you've mentioned and that's a lot. Well, for me, as I'm listening to you, that's a lot to take into consideration. But I guess with practice and over time, you get better, you get more experience, you know, the, the lighting, the positioning of the person or the object, whatever the case may be. And there's so much to, that goes into a picture that the ordinary person like myself doesn't even, you know, really begin to understand that. So, uh, you know, I can understand having appreciation now for fine art and for good picture taking and good for good photography. So I, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you and, you know, just sharing all the little things that go into taking pictures and beautiful pictures and pictures that, you know, tell a story or um, pictures that people can look back on and be really happy and remember the moment, you know, the first day of school and so forth. So that's been really, I've, I've benefited from that today, I must say. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Welcome. You know, with that said, I just have one more question for you. Are there any photographers who have influenced you in your photography journey? All right. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. I would say that uh, the, uh, the ones that come to mind is mm-hmm. Jim Zuckerman. He's, he's a nature photographer, nature and landscape photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie Leibowitz. I've, I've, I find her work to be amazing and just, yeah, 
amazing. That's the easiest way to say. What it. kind of pictures does Annie uh, take? Mm-hmm. Annie Leibovitz uh, shoots for Vanity Fair. Okay. Um, she also shot for Rolling Stone, I believe, before. Oh. But her portraits of people, and and when it's. I find that she effortlessly gets that narrative across mm. that that's, or at least it feels that way looking at mm-hmm. it, you know, being in, you know, a photographer myself, I know a lot of work goes into it, but there's no sense, but the, the images just look effortless. Mm. And I, I love that uh, about her work and it just says so much. Uh, the, yeah, those two photographers are probably the the strongest influences that I've had in in my life. Um, hmm. The others are more minor. Hmm. Uh, hmm, nice. You know, I forgot to ask you: Did you ever go to school to for photography, or was this all self taught? Um, I didn't go to photography photography school. Hmm. Um, I actually uh, did my undergrad in physics and mathematics, Ooh, okay. um, but I did have mentors, so mm. I I can't say that it was me. Uh, if I was going to mention another photographer, well, he was uh, one of a student at the time. Uh, he's definitely um, helped me a lot mm-hmm. at the beginning. The being self-taught had its advantages and disadvantages. Um, when I got to that point, there was certain things that I already knew, but there were definitely things that I needed to unlearn, and there were bad habits that I had to develop that I had to get rid of mm. once um, I had somebody who's far more knowledgeable about me than the art. And also because of my background, um, I felt that if I just mastered the technical that everything would follow and they had to remind me of what my art teacher told me about, you know, the emotion, the narrative, this, this, like put the details where they belong, but you need to focus on this or you're going to miss it. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me, uh, what's your, I know I said to you that I had, I was running, uh, winding down with questions but the more you talk is the more questions that keep popping into my head (laughs) you know so you know i just wanted to ask what's your next step in photography then where do you want your photography to lead you right now Mm -hmm. um i i'm just really excited about the the fine art and wall fine art wall prints that Mm -hmm. i'm i'm working on at the moment that's uh what's really filling my my website and my time. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm working on trying to show it to as many people as possible uh, and hopefully get it into, I'd love to see my art in, in a business or even a hotel lobby or somewhere like that. Mm. You know, homes as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they nice. want it, their homes, just, I, I would like to share it. That's what it is at this moment. Uh, so my photography is really taking me in that direction. I've been heavily focused on it. And that part uh, kind of brings me back to, I feel like, my roots because it's mm-hmm. primarily done on film. I usually use my Mamea and one of my icons for that. Uh, they're both film. And I just, there's a there's a slow, almost meditative process to using it. And going back to what you said about 
having to switch off there's times when the fact that i don't have a digital camera with me um i i can't actually create the picture that i'd like to mm -hmm. uh, so I guess that answers that question, whether digital or film is better. There's definitely <laughs> there a lot of limitations shooting to film. And that's why, you know, anything for someone else, I will grab one of my digital cameras to do. But um, I just enjoy it. And sometimes I end up just sitting there with my camera outdoors, enjoying nature and uh, I think until the next day. Mm. So... You mentioned a website, so why not go ahead and share with us sure. where people can see your work? Yeah, um, so my website is uh, basilwilliamsphotography.com. Okay. Uh, and um, I do have my Instagram, yeah. which is basilwilliams underscore photography. You know, Basil, I'm just going to ask you, is that Basil with the S or with the Z? Cause some people it's say, an S. It's yeah, an I, S. Should, I should qualify. So B-A-S-I-L. Yeah. Okay, Williams. great. Yeah. Thank you. It was really good. You know, thank you so much for sharing all this information. Do you have any final thoughts or anything that you'd like to share with my listeners today in regards to you and your photography? And Well, I will, I guess I, I would say that Anybody who's interested, I would say, um, just start. Mm -hmm. uh, like, start with what you have, and enjoy it. Um, it is an art. Uh, we, there are things that you. There's definitely things in terms of growth, but ultimately, it's about the the message. If if you do photography for record keeping. There, that is a completely valid thing. So mm -hmm. you have to often make art for yourself before you make it for others. And it's you are, you are in control. You're the artist, and yeah, yeah only need to to kind of satisfy yourself at the end okay. and and grow from whatever you do awesome. so that's great that's great information thank you for sharing you know i've really like i've said before i've really enjoyed hearing you share about the art of picture taking today and i actually read a quote that said we take photos as a return ticket to a moment otherwise gone and you know basil i thought that was so powerful and so so very true you know, once that memory's gone, I mean, you you remember it for a while, but then things go phasey, foggy with that memory. You know, you forget certain details. But if you have a picture, you know, that picture, you've got that. You remember the details. You remember the facial expressions. You remember everything. So I think there's there's some good memories in taking pictures and having uh, many of us have boxfuls uh, of pictures that we've taken over the years or we've got them stored on the iCloud now. Nowadays it's iCloud. Yeah. You know, you know, I would just like to end by saying um, we should remember to take a mental photo by capturing memories with our mind and remember that, uh, remember the way that person smiled, as I mentioned, the places we've visited, the things that we've done, because digital pictures can be lost and they can be erased yeah we, you know we need to hold on to those happy memories thank you again i appreciate your time with us today
Thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoy the topic and found something that you can apply to your own life. Don't forget to share this episode with your family and friends. And remember, live well daily.